You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Kyle, da- Kyle Davis. Oh, man, I'm going to have to redo that. That's all right. Just Kyle start over. That's fine. Hey, listen, uh, awesome. that was a great Auburn uh, wide receiver, but I promise you, I, I would not be as good as him, even though he was here for like two games. Yeah, he was only there for a little bit. Darn. All right. Do it again. All right. All right. In three, two, one. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Kyle Loomis. We're going to be talking about the Gamecocks, South Carolina. We're playing them in Columbia, South Carolina this Saturday, 6 p.m. Central Time. Evening game. I, I, I'm just, you know, trying to think through it. And Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what, what do you think the team kind of, you know, environment is right now after losing a couple games in a row what do you think their kind of mentality is towards this game oh well first of all thank you for having me again Mm -hmm. let me step in for jared um while he's away having some family time it's good to come on here and just hang out with you a little bit like the old days even though y'all kicked me off the the show Uh, i'm going with that again okay South Carolina versus Auburn. Uh, you know, when we looked at this one on the schedule at the start of the season when, you know, schedules were first announced, even way further back from that, you look at the South Carolina matchup and leading up to the Alabama game and your initial thoughts, oh, good, you know, that'll, that should be a good win for Auburn, even on the road before you head into um, the Alabama game. But here we are with a team that gave up 40 or however many answered points it was uh, to Mississippi State at home. And your questions begin to ask, I think it is reasonable to ask, can Auburn even beat South Carolina? Well, looking at South Carolina's body of work, I would say it's fair to still assume that Auburn can beat. And looking at Auburn's body of work, I would say that this is a game that still very much favors uh, the Tigers. However, I understand the low morale and the uh, fear of potentially losing to South Carolina on the road. So, it depends on if you, I guess, if you're an optimistic person or a pessimistic per- person. I t- I try to be, and I tend to be a pes- uh, not pessimistic, but an optimistic person. So I still believe that Auburn's the far superior program, despite their struggles. And uh, my hope is they can get the win. Yeah, and I was looking at ESPN does kind of their matchup predictor. Auburn's predicted to win this game seventy six like percent. So there's still, even though you know we've had our issues you know they're kind of looking at the numbers the scenarios that can play out and auburn has has you know in a majority of those three out of four of those scenarios typically are winning winning the game right now do you do we have you know the, the issues again of this kind of hot and cold offense and defense and can the defense figure things out or was it just you know that kind of that one game of issues where right. you know that air raid offense just you know sliced and diced us and can we talk about this too? This game is at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 Eastern. In what world is Auburn versus South Carolina worthy of a prime time slot versus Auburn know. versus Mississippi State? On ESPN. Like, okay, yeah, if it had maybe been like on ESPN Plus or something, maybe you, you put it as a prime time. Six o'clock on a, I mean, like, as much as I love Auburn, I don't think this is worthy of that. This is honestly like a, you know, a noon game to me. It, it is very much a noon game 
Uh, and I hate to say that for all the noon games out there because some big programs, that's what all they do is basically play midday games looking at the <laughs> Big Ten. But, you know, for the SEC, usually that means you're playing the rink. You're supposed either you're the bad team or you're the really good team that's going to either have a pretty surefire loss or win there. Um, you know, now in hindsight, we don't really know. We would assume that Auburn's going to win against South Carolina. Yeah. But the way they performed last week, it's probably more up here. So maybe this is a more intriguing matchup, and maybe we need to stop questioning ESPN. Um, I, the only angle that I can think of why they chose this, AJ, is because, you know, Auburn and South Carolina only see each other every six years and only see each other's, you know, stadiums every 12 years. Right. So maybe that played into some of the decisions. This is a matchup at, uh, you know, at, uh, Bryce Williams. Yeah. That we'll never, we won't see for another 12 years. Yeah. I, maybe that's the only thing that I can come up with because, you know, from what I hear, if it ain't swaying, we ain't staying. That's their slogan. I hear. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I also wanted to, you know, at least talk about, so we know Will Muschamp, he's no longer with South Carolina, had a really bad season last year, two and eight. And now they've got this new up-and-coming Shane Beamer. And that's to me, that's kind of, you know, we're, we as Auburn fans are hoping, you know, Brian Harson, you know, becomes that new up-and-comer in the SEC. South Carolina is hoping the same thing, to get back to, you know, some of the success they've had in the last right. you know, decade or so. So, Kyle, what's kind of your thoughts on, you know, some compared uh, comparisons to, you know, where we're at as an Auburn fan base with Brian Harson and now South Carolina with Shane Beamer? You know, Shane Beamer comes from a pedigree. Um, so I think the name alone kind of gives him a little bit more clout, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he's, he, yeah, his dad was Virginia Tech, legend. That yeah. which, would, which would make Ben very upset to hear us talking about. <laughs> Shout out Ben King. Um but you can't deny whether you hate him or not. He that's a pretty good coach, and you know he's uh, he was the OC, I believe, right for um, Virginia Tech, I believe, when his dad was there. But either way, yeah. um, you know he seems to be a pretty good up and coming coach. And I kind of like the hire, honestly, for South Carolina. Um, they seem to do, unless you're Steve Spurrier, <laughs> they seem to do better when they have some of these kind of like lo- you know lower name coaches not lower name but just you know up and coming ones Mm -hmm. Uh, because i think that's kind of what south carolina is by their very nature is they're just an up and always an up and coming program that could at any moment be up there with you you know right played in the sec championship with us granted it was with steve spurrier um and they had garcia that relationship with garcia and steve spurrier it was just the one of the most entertaining things ever they (laughs) loved and hate each other all at the same time (laughs) yeah i remember that but you asked me about harson um the whole Harson Auburn connection, when that started becoming a reality, that was on, honestly more odd to me than this one, uh, meaning Beamer and South Carolina, uh, because I thought Auburn would go for a bigger name or try or have a chance at a bigger name. Doesn't mean that it was right or wrong either way. Um, I think Harson has probably, I think they both have done exactly what they probably were likely to do. Mm hmm. As I use so many adjectives there, <laughs> I mean exactly, I, I, probably, likely. But I think it, it's probably around what you know they're expected to within you know for for Harson, he's not even at his one year mark of getting named head coach. Shane Beamer is kind of in the same boat, and he's almost to that point. So like, there's a point where I'm thinking, you know, it, it's going to take time. Like Shane Beamer is you know, known for being a great recruiter. South Carolina hasn't had the best players in a long time. 
that's a you know a flow of players that has to have to come in as a program. It's kind of the same thing with Harson and what he's wanting to do. He doesn't have his guys in yet. We are still working with you know Gus's guys, and even then, I mean, we didn't have the best of you know classes this last year, and you know he's got to you know Brian Harson has to work with that and get things going again with yeah. recruits. And, well, and Shamey has got his end. Yeah, in my opinion, you won't see the effects of Harson's first class and whether the ranking is warranted or not until a couple of years. Maybe, maybe yeah. you might see some effects starting next year, but uh, the year if after. If you have like, I mean, the only, really the only spot that I could see offensive line and maybe wide receivers if we get some sort of crazy, you know, top level wide receiver next year that makes right. an instant impact. I think that's about it. I think Shane Beamer, um, just kind of talking more about him, has more fighting against him than uh, Harson did walking in. I mean, Auburn, by its very nature, has a higher pedigree, pedigree of player than South Carolina does. Mm-hmm. Um, has I, I just I don't see Shane having an, a great year. That's not what I, I was looking at when I saw South Carolina. I saw probably exactly what was happening with them so far: losing to the teams that they're supposed to, beating most of the teams that they're supposed to. They've beaten. EIU, whoever that is, Eastern Illinois, maybe Eastern Carolina. <laughs> uh, they've beaten Troy, Vanderbilt, barely. <laughs> they uh, they went out down there and beat Florida, so that's a signature win for them. Yeah, uh, but it's Florida. It's still like, Florida. Come on, you know, like that's like Florida. Florida was down in their last this last game to Sanford. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, but still, it, it's Florida. You know, the name alone is a big win for them. Yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of like the same comparison a couple of years ago. Auburn basketball beat UConn. Uh, well, they've actually beaten them several times since then. They're about to play them again, actually. But uh, I think it was like 2018, they went up to play UConn and beat them. It was like a big deal for us, even though they were very down, um, just because of the name alone. Yeah. You, know, you beat UConn. South Carolina, it doesn't happen a lot. You beat Florida. I'm I'm saying mark that on the Shane Beamer resume right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you you say, oh, I beat Florida. That's a big deal. Like in most scenarios, um, I did kind of want to talk about this because you know we we didn't have our greatest performance against South Carolina last time we played. Them. Do we have to talk about this? Yes, we do okay. because we like you know self inflicting ourselves with these memories. Do you think the players come out? and have redemption on their mind it's a new coaching staff like i know it's different but do you think that's a motivation for these players is it for some players yes uh i i think based off the results of the last game that's the furthest thing from most of those guys minds at this point the redemption is not because of last year's game the redemption is because of last week's game <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that, um i think yeah. the last week's game is going to be a lot more fresh on their minds and instead of you know something that happened in a previous season yeah uh, i just you know this is a, a south carolina team where they have been able to beat a team like florida despite how much florida has struggled this year and the the clock is on for dan mullen at this point mm-hmm. so you can as i said and tried to make people aware of mississippi state you cannot discredit this i just feel like despite the struggles despite uh what we're all feeling right now auburn is still miles ahead of South Carolina, but they do have a great defense uh, from what I'm told. So that's, that's a little troublesome. We have not done well against some great defenses. So that's going to be probably the matchup there. Who wins Auburn's offense or South Carolina defense? Yeah. I think that may be a very key one to look for. 
Uh, let's get into our players to watch for this game. Uh, we'll do kind of Kyle, the same format that I do with Jared. We'll talk about our offensive player, defensive player, and special teams player for Auburn that we'll be watching in this game um, and kind of why you picked them. Um, we'll start out with offense. On offense, who are you going to be watching for Auburn? Uh, offense, it's uh, it's more of a collective, and it's the offensive line. For those people that know me and have been on the YouTube channel, they know that I harp on this. Uh, football is a game of inches. Football will not be successful long-term or or consistently without a proficient acceptable offensive line and i'm not calling a player out uh, i'm calling the whole unit out yeah and i think the results will back me up on that i have no problem saying that to their faces because i have the results to show that they have been proved in some areas in their past blocking sometimes but they are absolutely horrendous at run blocking and that is what it is can they create a run game if they cannot once the struggles start happening in the passing game, whether it's Bo having a bad game, I don't think he'll have. Uh, and let let I probably should save that for for a second. Well, whoever the quarterback is <laughs> has a bad game. If the receivers start dropping the ball on top of that, then we're going to have the spiral happen that's happened here. So, offensive line from this point forward, it is on you, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. And, and I mean, I, I'm just thinking back to you know when Harson came in. One of you know it's his he still kind of preaches it or he, he talks about having that tough, you know, blue collar mentality that starts with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And if we're not having that, you know, Harson is not going to be happy. We're not moving the ball down the field. Like we, we need to, um, the player on offense I'll be watching. I just think we, we need to have our run game going. So I'm going to say tank Bixby. Um, if we, yeah. I mean, I would have thought he'd had more than 40 yards this last week. And we didn't. He was on track to do it uh, for the first quarter there, at least. He was he was having some success, and it just it just fell apart. Right. And, and again, that's a weird thing. Like when your offense is running the ball well, for it to just go away. I, I don't know if that comes back to play calling. Yeah. You know, right. Or maybe it comes back to like your your you know players to watch offensive line. Maybe a combination of both. I think there's more to it than just blaming one specific person or one specific unit. You can place blame in other areas. uh, But in my opinion, this game hinges upon the performance of the offensive line, but mainly in their run blocking ability. I I do want to address this though. We're recording this a little bit in the past when you're actually hearing this. And uh, you know, there's some rumors and discussion about there about some players that may be missing. We do not know that officially at this point. Uh, but I just want to put it on the record here that we're kind of talking around that because, uh, and we all know, I think most people know what we're talking about and probably know right. the answer at this point. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's why we we're, know. We're, we're dancing at this point. Yeah, exactly. For all we know, by the time this comes out, it there there may be some official news about it. But yeah, we're kind of, again, dancing around that. Uh, who's your player to watch on defense? Uh, we've got, I mean, some some improvements to happen this uh, on defense, but who, who do you think on defense, you know, will make an impact in this game? I'd like to see um, a little bit more push up the middle, uh, whether that's Tony fair or, or who else rotates in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could say the entire defensive line, but I'm, I'm, it's not even that. I think that that Tony's had a bad game. He got a bad call on him in the last game, but I think the edge rushers, have been good at times. They have that talent to be ability, but I'd like to see a little bit more from that. I think Tony had a great start to the season and it's been kind of quieted off there. And 
you know, that could be for a number of reasons there, but I'd like to see whoever's at defensive tackle, the middle of the defensive line, especially Tony fair. I'd like to see that name being called a little bit more creating or making the pocket collapse. Cause you know, traditionally it's the edge rushers that get in there and get the sacks. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Nick Fairley, who's just a beast, um, but, or Derek Brown, but I I'd like to see that pocket being pushed back into the quarterback a little bit more from the middle portion of it. And I think that's going to help, you know, some of the struggles that we've had with getting the pressure on the outside as well. Yeah. that That's actually a good point. Cause I, I know when we were playing Mississippi state, it seemed like Tony felt fair wasn't in there and you know, he's kind of sometimes in there just to stop things up in the he's middle. A big boy. He's a big boy. <laughs> um, but we kind of, we, it didn't seem like we were playing him nearly as much. Maybe it's to rest him. Maybe it just wasn't part of our game plan. Um, but yeah, I definitely want some more production out of him. Um, I'm going to actually kind of call out a couple of players just because they're, I, I think that, they've started to emerge in the secondary. And I know we've kind of bashed on the secondary a little bit, but these two players have kind of stepped up a little bit. Ladarius Tennyson and both Donovan Kaufman have stepped up big time. And, and I think watching them this next game is going to be my key. I know Roger McCurry is going to do his thing. Jalen Simpson, he's been playing well too. I think they're going to do their thing. But I want to see after both of them have had, uh, you know, nine and seven tackles, you know, respectively, I want to see both of them have another good game in the secondary. Yeah, um, Coach Harson have that one game. Coach Harson's addressed, you know, how excited he is, especially about uh, Tennyson, um, how much energy he brings out, how excited he's about to be there. And he addressed the mistakes he's made. He said, you know, a lot of that's just due to not having had the reps yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to make mistakes. Don't don't be shocked when that happens. But um, I, I like the athletic ability. I like um, the energy when you see guys like that out there. Um, I, I'm hoping they are starting to turn a quarter to give, even though the season's kind of drawing to a close here, some more support to uh, you know, Roger McCreary, some more support to Jalen, who's been stepping up. That's what's really been lacking here is that, you know, Auburn in the defensive back area has needed more than just Roger. And um, it, it's not going to get done if you just have one great player out there. You're going to need a couple others as well. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. 
Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. All right, let's go and move on to special teams. Uh, who are you going to be watching for Auburn? It felt like special teams had you know, some – they've had some issues. Uh, but where are you going to be watching to you know, maybe make an impact this week? I think I can say this without revealing – again, because we were recording this off in the past from information that may be out there. Most people saw definitively Honors Carlson on that fake – um, uh, kickoff came away limping. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the extent of the injury? That's the easy one to pick in the special teams, but because of the nature of an injury, and I don't know if that was his kicking leg or his planting leg, either way, <laughs> I, the, the planting leg is just as important as the kicking leg. Um, you know, that, that's got to be, unfortunately, I, I'm taking the easy route here, but that's got to be the storyline because he's been crucial to us scoring points at points this season. And without... A kicker, I sure hope our backup's ready. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, they got to do all of the different things Anders does well. You know, kickoffs to field goals to points after attempts. I mean, there's a lot that Anders has just because he's a senior. He's done it and done it well. Um, and to not have him for a game uh, hopefully won't be too bad if, if it does come out that he can't play. But, you know, always hoping that he comes back and uh, has a – uh, is able to kick well. I feel like I've just jinxed him and people, we know the answer by the time you're listening to this, but I just feel like <laughs> I've jinxed him now. Like I, I know I have no role right. or responsibility in that. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be watching uh, because Jared always takes my guy, Oscar Chapman. I love Oscar Chapman. And if we end up having to punt this game, I, I want him to do really well. I mean, he's had some games where he's averaged over 50 yards and that's phenomenal for a kicker. Um, so definitely want to watch him, uh, make sure that he, he does well. Yeah. He's been crucial to, you know, setting the defense up a lot for what has been a struggle for them this year, but, uh, he continues to show up. Uh, he's probably been the most consistent part of our special teams, but in some ways defensive structure this year. Yeah. And even like and people players or uh, people are going to probably look at it, some of his numbers and say, "Oh, he only punted it, you know, thirty-eight yards." But then you've got well, games where he punted it seven times and punted it on average of forty-seven yards. Right, and so you know that one time that he you know you know kicked it a little bit shorter. Hey, there was no return. So like you got almost have to look at the net of how much the player returned it. Um, and if there's no return on a thirty-nine-yard you know punt. So be it. I think that's a pretty good punt in most books. All right. So let's talk about our uh, score predictions, and then we'll move on to an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. Uh, Score predictions. So preseason, I predicted we'd win by 14. Jared predicted 14 as well. You know, I think that's, you know, kind of reasonable considering what we thought, you know, new coach for them, like it was for us. Um, But I don't know. I, I'm I might have to change it a little bit. We'll have to see just because of the the recent trends. Um, but Kyle, first before I get into my score predictions for this game, I wanted to kind of hear what your thoughts were on how this game would kind of play out. See, this is where I'm at a disadvantage because normally I wait to Wednesday night on our preview on the YouTube channel for this game, and I let the listeners help me decide on some of these <laughs> things. I, I mean, honestly, I think people say I. I'm just saying that just so people will come. No, I, they actually have helped change my opinion about the score before because they've given me some insights. You know, I, I don't claim to know everything. So I, I'll, I'm going to give you an early prediction. It might change, though, because I rely so much on the perspectives of our 
little family within the Auburn family over there on the channel. But 14 points seemed like a likely scenario uh, for a win for Auburn at the beginning of the season and even in the middle of the season um, with some questions unanswered at the point of this recording and um, some struggles that have happened. That seems very much in question. I'm going to lower it down to a 10 point win margin. I will say, Oh boy. I'm going to say 23 to 17 Auburn wins um, in South Carolina. All right. All right. Very likely yeah. to change by the end of the week, though. <laughs> by the time you're hearing this, we'll have had that live stream, so don't be shocked if it's a little bit different. Yeah, because honestly, when I'm thinking back, I don't honestly expect this Auburn team, and yeah, maybe they prove me wrong, but I don't see them scoring 40 points, at least against a good South Carolina defense. They're not great, but like they're pretty good. Like they they've been doing their job, and I, yeah, again, I don't see us scoring a whole ton. I think our defense had had their gut check this last week. I think they get their act so. back together. Um, I, I, I think we score, you know, say like somewhere around like 35, something like that points because our offense can move the ball. Just yep. they have to do it more consistently. Defense does their job. Our I offense has they, the ability to do it, but are the key pieces there that have been shown the propensity to do it? That is the question. Right. I think, I think I'm going to stick with 14 now. I think Auburn wins by 14 is is in the playing cards. Sure, if you know something else happens, we have some players out that are key, that could probably change. But as it stands right now, 14 points seems about right for me. All right, Cal, let's transition to this last little segment. Uh, it actually started with Ben King and I. We, we just started looking around the SEC and just started a lot of times laughing and just you know, thinking how crazy the SEC is, um, especially week to week, how much – changes um and you know a lot of the upsets a lot of the craziness that happens in the sec um let's let's kind of break down you know a couple games uh that kind of stood out to me uh one of the big ones this weekend was number 15 Ole Miss facing number 11 Texas A&M um I I thought maybe this was going to be a key game. You know, if Auburn had come out with the win this last week against Mississippi State, you know, potentially. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. I know, right? Potentially, you know, if everything fell Auburn's way, we still could have made it to the SEC championship. It's probably not going to happen anymore unless just – I don't even think it's, it's – not. Yeah, it's happening. not even just, possible. No, yeah. don't, even, don't even give them hope, AJ. <laughs> like, like, literally – uh, folks, it's done. It's over with. Yeah. I mean, literally, you know, the heavens have to open up uh, for Auburn to make it to the SC championship, and that ain't happening. You know, there was a – it is. And I, and I hate to sound that way because I'm an optimist by nature. Obviously, the, the ball is an oblong shape. It can bounce a certain way uh, ju in just the right direction. But there's a lot of variables that have to have. There is not – the one variable that we need to go our way did Ole Miss, yeah. Texas A&M. But we had to take care of our business, and we didn't. So that's it. Yep. I mean, really, it is what it is. Yep, that's pretty much it. Um, another game that happened that uh, I thought was kind of, yeah, I don't know. I did not expect this game to go to overtime. Was Arkansas versus LSU? Really? Um, you didn't expect that to go over overtime? I mean, I just, I am not impressed with LSU. Maybe it's just me. Like, but I, again, they they fight for their coach, and I don't know. Maybe I was expecting Arkansas to kind of just you know run our LSU, but you know that's. It was down in Baton Rouge, so you know, yeah, crazy always craziness always happens down there. Yeah, I, I'm. It's not that I'm not impressed with Arkansas, but they're you know just about as flip floppy as we are in their yeah. level of success. You know, um, 
but they got the boot win. That's always interesting to me to see their trophy and how like, I feel like it's going to break <laughs> when they like wave it around because it's so flimsy right. looking. It's a cool like th- thing though. You know, you see all these like rivalry trophies, and that's one of my favorite ones because it's yeah. in the state. Where's of our Where's our stupid Iron Bowl? I want to have an actual Iron Bowl. Well, we Is that have too much OD- to ask. For? We have the ODK sportsmanship a uh, Foy sportsmanship trophy. You know, that's that's a thing. You know, they don't make a big deal about it, but that's the trophy that's presented at the Auburn and Alabama basketball game yeah, every but like, year. I want the like actual like a bowl. Like it's called the Iron Bowl. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm just too literal about this. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would be fun to have that, but I think that's for rivalries that don't have the attraction that Auburn and yeah, Alabama alone have. Uh, so we don't need that if you catch my drift. Uh, yeah. Arkansas and LSU, that to create more of a rivalry there, they have to have something like a boot to which. I mean, if you ask most all, you know, most college fans in general, they'd be like, Arkansas and LSU is a rivalry? Really? I've never heard this. It like, I mean, the the number or the stat that I saw, this was Arkansas's first win over LSU since 2015. So, like, that, so to me, that's not really a rivalry. But The yeah. bad thing for LSU is, is once Texas comes into the SEC, Arkansas and Texas have more of a rivalry than Arkansas-LSU, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the interesting thing. And then you've got the Oklahoma and Texas rivalry. So really that's going to force the situation. But then Texas A&M's got Texas too. Yeah. So it's kind of LSU. And then, you know, you'd say Alabama, then Auburn's got Alabama and Auburn, Alabama has Auburn. It's, it's kind of one of those things where somebody who really doesn't have a true rival is kind of stuck in no, they're everybody's rival. And that's why mm-hmm. we all hate LSU. <laughs> that's probably right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Georgia ended up handling Tennessee uh, this week, forty-one to seventeen. Uh, not much to write home about. You know, but Tennessee showed a little bit of fight there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been somewhat impressed with Tennessee this year for a beleaguered program. Uh, they, they at least kind of at the beginning said, "Okay, all right," and then you turn the, you flip the channel for a second, and Georgia did what Georgia does this year. Right, and their defense comes out to play. I mean. Yeah, and and somehow their backup quarterback is still able to you know play well, and it's just really crazy. It's just crazy to me. Um, <laughs> this was one, and Kyle, I know you were in the stadium. They showed a couple highlights from the Florida Sanford game when Sanford went up forty two to twenty eight. Sanford was ahead by two scores. What? It's crazy. Are you kidding me? Absolutely crazy. <laughs> that was a weird. Like, and then Florida came out second half and did. You know, what an SEC team should do. Is, uh, is is that what an SEC team should do? Give up 52 points to Sanford? No, no. I'm saying like their offense came out the second okay. half. But yes, I agree. 52 points to Sanford. Like this wasn't even a good Sanford team. This was like a team that I think it was like three and four or something coming into this, this game. Yeah, look, um, I was. it's always funny to watch Dan Mullen suffer, uh, Cousin Eddie. <laughs> and uh just watching that clock continue to tick for him is just right. Is, the best part about it was AJ being in the stadium like you were was they kept showing us the highlights from us in between, you know, timeouts for our game. And so the one play happened where the guy ran it back on kickoff for Sanford. Mm-hmm. And then literally two minutes later when they had, I guess, an injury timeout or something, they flipped it back over and Sanford had the ball again and was and scored a touchdown. And we're like, right. what the heck is going on? Because, you know, it happens every once in a while. Georgia State almost did it to us where these low, lower teams in terms of, you know, their power and their talent level and depth it just somehow work up there and have one of their best games against these teams. Anybody can beat anybody on a given Saturday. And um, 
you know, but it's just Sanford. Wow. I mean, it's like they put all their eggs into that basket and nearly came away with it. They should be proud regardless. Yeah, absolutely. A small team from a private school in Birmingham almost beat a SEC team. That's pretty impressive. It is. Um, and there was okay. So, okay, well, well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say to I'm gonna say the Missouri South Carolina game to last because I want to okay. rant at the end. Okay. Okay. Um, Kentucky beat Vandy 34-17. I don't think there's much to talk about there. Bama beat New Mexico State 59-3. Not much to talk about there. But here we go, mm. Kyle. I want to get your your thoughts because there there was a similar play. Similar. It's the exact same. AJ. Yeah. <laughs> In the Missouri versus South Carolina game, quarterback, you know, you know, coming, he, 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 I don't know. It, it just looks so similar. And there was no targeting on that call. But yet for TD Moultrie, there was targeting. Why? Like, again, I, I will say this. I don't know who can help make these decisions, get these rendered, whether it's Sankey, SEC office. I, I you know, whether it's Harson needs to go to him, he needs to take the clip of, of, uh, I can't even get it out, Missouri. And South Carolina and the clip of Auburn and Mississippi State play them side by side and tell me what is the difference in these two plays. Yeah. And explain to me why this one has my players sitting out this week in what is now an important game for our season mm-hmm. and why this one has their player still enjoying, you know, the second to last game of their season. Explain that one to me. And right. if you can't, then you need to do the right thing, even though it sets the precedent that you're wrong. You need to do the right thing and overturn this. It's ha- I believe it's happened before where the sitting out portion has been overturned. There's nothing you can do for the game, and we're not blaming – we're not saying the game is you know, going to be changed because of that or would have been ultimately changed, but they are the exact same play right. minus a different player. Yeah, it, it reminds me – so my mom's a math teacher, and she, she you know, like any teacher, they're grading things. And, you know, one student would work a problem incorrectly one way. And then, you know, just like a good teacher, you try if, you know, if another student you know does the same mistake on a math problem, you try to, you know, mark them off the, the same amount of points, equal service. This didn't seem to be equal service. This you seemed to be like, is, you know what it is, AJ, now that you've done your math analogy, it's we've got one group of officials decided that we're going to just do regular math. We got the other officials that said, oh, we're going to do this stupid common core thing. <laughs> and that it. is how we're going to decide whether this is, you know, it's like if we carry this over here, then we could say maybe this one's targeting. So maybe we could actually call this and not look stupid as opposed to just saying, you know what, we've already made a couple bad calls in the targeting this game. Probably don't need to make this one just so that we can say that we did it. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I like that analogy. The common core versus, you know, the normal math. <laughs> Two things that have destroyed the society. And I know this is hyperbole, but just go with me here. Common core and targeting. We fix that. We fix society. That's it. Those two things. That's it. <laughs> All right, Kyle, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Anything else about South Carolina? Um, yeah, a couple things again, AJ, thank you so much for letting me come back on the show. Thank you for Jared for letting me step in, uh, while you're doing family time. I hope I didn't, uh, you know, overstay my welcome and rant too much in the two episodes that we've done this week. But again, things have been a little raw with everything that's been going on, but I enjoy, uh, hearing your perspective every week, obviously as your editor, but getting to engage you guys every once in a while. And, uh, 
yeah, uh, I hope I I brought the Ben King out for you this. Oh, week. this there there were some great golden rants in there. I loved it. So I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Um, how can the people stay in touch with you? If you want to find me, you can do so on Twitter at TigerEye24, and be sure to also follow our YouTube channel where we do weekly live streams, not just for football, not just for the other sports like basketball, but we do anything, Auburn, anything yeah. and everything. That is what we do. Uh, so follow that uh, if you want some more content outside of the podcast. Right, and and there's been, been some really cool stuff. Um, I mean, even y'all have done some live streams about uniforms and just like interesting topics that are you know not the typical thing. So uh, always bring some interesting perspective over there if it's orange and blue it's what we do i love the phrase i love it and that's very true all right and if you can and you can find me on twitter at a j a y j a y underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.